What's going on, everyone? I'm your host, JT. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I want to talk about a couple of things. Tom Brady, on a recent episode of his Cyrus XM podcast, he voiced his frustration with the retirement questions. Should the Dallas Cowboys trade Dak Prescott? And why I feel Brock Purdy is more than just a great story. But before we get into any of those things, we have some breaking news that we have to talk about. The New England Patriots are hiring Bill O'Brien to be their new offensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien has spent the last two years as the offensive coordinator of Alabama. He spent time with the New England Patriots on their coaching staff in the past as an assistant coach from 2007 to 2011. Allegedly, when Bill O'Brien was first hired by Alabama, Mac Jones helped teach him the offense. So him and Mac Jones already have a history of somewhat working together. And many Patriots fans seem to be really happy about this hiring now of course some people out there wanted somebody younger maybe a little bit more innovative but most Patriots fans are satisfied with this decision and if you are a casual NFL fan Bill O'Brien is a really good offensive coordinator and he's a pretty solid head coach minus what he did as a GM people forget Bill O'Brien Won a playoff game with Brock Osweiler. I want you to remember that. You remember how bad Brock Osweiler was when he signed that deal with the Houston Texans? It was one of the worst free agency signings in the history of the league. And yet, Bill O'Brien was able to win a playoff game with him. Bill O'Brien is also a really fantastic football mind. There's a coaching clinic. It's on Brett Coleman's channel that... Bill O'Brien did a few years back about a play called Hoss X Follow. And if you just listen to him break it down, you just can't be nothing but impressed. I mean, this dude has a really bright football mind. And this definitely, without a doubt, is going to be an upgrade from Matt Patricia calling the plays. There's no reason why a defensive coordinator should ever have been calling the plays. It made no sense Bill, Bill Belichick's decision to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator this past season. And it hurt Mac Jones' development. When you have a quarterback going into his sophomore year, that's one of the most important years for a young quarterback's development. Because year two is where we start to see quarterbacks ascend. Joe Burrow, year two, what did he do in Cincinnati? Took him to the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert, year two, you saw what he did. He elevated his play. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, year two is where you start to see the biggest growth from your young quarterback. But when you're bringing in guys like Matt Patricia, who don't really specialize on the offensive side of football, you hinder and hurt that growth. Bringing in Bill, Bill O'Brien was a good move by Bill Belichick. Yeah, you may have wanted somebody a little bit more innovative or younger or flashy, but Bill O'Brien, he's going to come in here. He's going to get the job done. Now, you need to go out and get you a legit wide receiver. If you can get you a legit wide receiver one, 
hire the right offensive line coach. Many people are speculating that Doug Marone could end up following Bill O'Brien to New England and becoming the Patriots' next offensive line coach, which Doug Marone is probably one of the best offensive line coaches in football amongst the college ranks and amongst the NFL ranks. So this Patriots offense, I honestly think is a legit wide receiver one away from being a legitimate offense. You already have Rahamdre Stevenson, Damian Harris. Your receiving core isn't bad. You have a lot of depth and talent that you just don't have legit wide receiver one. You have a lot of receiver twos and a lot of good third options. Jacoby Myers is a really good second option on a championship team. Nelson Aguilar, eh, okay, but there's a little bit of talent in that receiver room is what I'm trying to say. Kendrick Bourne, he's pretty good. So Bill O'Brien is going to be the next offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. He will be replacing Matt Patricia. I think that this is going to work. Mac Jones, without a doubt, he should like this. Nick Saban, Bill O'Brien, they... They didn't leave on bad terms. They left on pretty good terms. A lot of Bama fans were ready for Bill O'Brien to leave. Many Bama fans didn't like his play calling. But you got to understand, at the college level, a lot of things have to be dumbed down. So when you have to dumb things down, you can't maybe execute certain concepts that you would like to execute if you were coaching in the NFL. So with Bill O'Brien... Coming to New England with him and Nick Saban having a pretty good working relationship. Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick working in the past. They already know what to expect from each other. He knows what to expect from Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick knows what to expect from Bill O'Brien in this offense. Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are really close friends. So I'm pretty sure that Nick Saban probably also pitched the idea of him hiring Bill O'Brien or bringing him back to Foxborough. Let me know what you guys think about the New England Patriots hiring Bill O'Brien as their next offensive coordinator. Now this was really funny to me. Tom Brady snapped on one of the people that he does his Cyrus XM podcast He's frustrated with all of the retirement questions. We're going to go ahead and play the audio. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's I only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. If he knew what he was going to effing do, he would have already effing done it. Jim Gray was just asking the question that we all want to know. Yeah. And I can understand Tom Brady's frustration because it seems like with everybody asking this question every day, repeatedly over and over again, it makes it seem like people are trying to rush Tom Brady to make a decision. So I can understand the frustration. I can understand why he came off at Jim Gray this way, even though Jim Gray was just asking an honest and truthful question. And if there was anybody who you would think Tom Brady would give a 
better, more well-detailed answer to, it would be one of the people who he does his podcast with. So for Jim Gray, you know, I kind of felt a little bad that he got snapped on that way. And he wasn't trying to, you know, rush Tom Brady's decision-making, anything like that. He was just trying to get a better understanding where Tom Brady was at in his decision-making process when it comes to retiring. Because you know, these players like to drag these things out. And everybody wants to know what's next for Tom Brady. Not just that. As fans, we want to know what's next for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or whoever else. We want to know if Tom Brady's going to come back and play for the Buccaneers next season or if he's going to end up partnering up with Josh McDaniels in Vegas. So I understand why Tom Brady came off the way that he did. It seems like we all just want him to give an answer right now. And these things take time. Tom Brady, he didn't look all that great this year. And I kind of think that father time has caught up to him. And I think next season, he may be even worse than what he was this season. Now, it wasn't all his fault why the season went left. The offensive line had so many injuries. The receivers weren't as good as what the names may indicate. So for the Buccaneers, they didn't really give Tom Brady the kind of situation somebody his age should be walking into. Tom Brady, 45, going on 46 years old, needs to be going into a situation that's already pretty much perfect. He needs a lead offensive line, elite supporting cast, and a legitimate run game with a great defense. You can win with Tom Brady if you have those things, even though it's really hard to have all those things. But if he goes to Las Vegas, I think potentially he could have some success there as long as he doesn't try to overstay his welcome. I think that Tom Brady could last one season with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. Yeah, you'll probably say he's not in Mahomes or Herbert, or he might not even be able to come people with Russell Wilson talent-wise if they get Sean Payton. But the thing that you will get from Tom Brady, if you can give him everything that he needs to be successful, I think he's more than capable of being able to get you at least to the wild card round. And if you sign Tom Brady, I think if you're the Raiders, you should go ahead and look at drafting a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson and no, I'm not saying draft those guys so they can be mentored by Tom Brady. I'm saying draft one of those project quarterbacks that you can work on and develop for a year while Tom Brady takes the reins. And then when he ends up stepping down or if he ends up fizzling out somewhere during the season, then you can end up inserting one of those guys and they can take over. They don't have to start day one. These are project players, guys who need time. They can't start day one. So if you bring in a Tom Brady, you might as well go ahead and draft one of those guys. Go ahead and try to develop them into your quarterback of the future. Tom Brady could be a really good bridge gap quarterback for you if you are Las Vegas. But when it comes to Tom Brady's frustration with the requirement, with the retirement questions, I definitely understand where he's coming from. All these questions being thrown at him almost every single second, every single minute. It can get overwhelming. 
This is something that's going to take time. And with all these questions being asked, it could come off as people trying to rush him to make a decision. Should the Dallas Cowboys trade Dak Prescott? I don't think so. I understand that Dak Prescott had a really turnover-prone year. All right? You saw how that 49ers game went. You saw how the game against Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston went with multiple turnovers. But I don't think Dak Prescott is just all of a sudden this turnover-prone quarterback. I don't think he's Jameis Winston. Sometimes you will have quarterbacks who just have one of those turnover-ridden years where they just cough the football up more times than often. Or more times than not, excuse me. Dak Prescott, I think next season we could see him reverting back to his former self where he doesn't have a lot of mistakes. That has always kind of been the player that we've always thought of when it comes to Dak Prescott. Yeah, he may not be the most physically gifted. He may not have the strongest arm. He may not be crazy athletic, but the dude is consistent and he takes care of the football. That's always what we used to think when we thought of Dak Prescott. But ever since he got paid, he kind of has been a slightly different player. He's been more aggressive. He's been a little bit more erratic in his play. There was a play where Dak Prescott just locked on to C.D. Lamb. He had T.Y. Hilton wide open on the left. And instead, he just tried to fit it in to C.D. Lamb. The dude got tunnel vision. There was another play late in the game. You saw when Arik Armstead, it looked like Arik Armstead was about to lamb out for the safety and seal the game. He ends up doing a spin move. He breaks out of that. And I'm thinking he's about to make a fantastic play. And he ends up doing nothing. It's just like the dude in certain situations looks lost. He looks like a deer in headlights. I feel if you're Dallas... You can win with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, you may not view him as a top 10 quarterback or a top 15 quarterback. At the same time, though, he does make this offense better. Yeah, you may not be somebody who cares all that much about the numbers because you're probably going to say, well, JT, what does he do in big games? Yeah, but I don't think Dak Prescott is a Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott, the difference between him and Kirk Cousins is that Kirk Cousins is too conservative in big games. Kirk Cousins doesn't take enough chances in big moments. Prime example, look at his last play against the New York Giants in the wild card round exit. The last play, fourth down. You need a first down to keep the drive alive. What does Kirk Cousins do? He throws the check down to TJ Hawkinson. Dak Prescott, his problem simply is the fact that he can't take care of the ball. You can fix that. Dak Prescott used to be a really good quarterback when it came to taking care of the football. I don't think there's no reason why you can't coach him back to being that player. Turnovers can be fixed. Brian Dable fixed Daniel Jones' turnover issues. So if Brian Dable can fix the turnover issues of Daniel Jones, there's no reason why Dak Prescott's turnover issues can't be fixed hell Sean Payton his final year in New Orleans 
They were 5-1 before Jameis went down with that injury. He had the best touchdown to interception ratio during that span when he was a starting quarterback that season. So if Sean Payton can fix Jameis Winston's turnover issues and Brian Dable can fix the turnover, issue, the turnover issues of Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott's turnover issues can be fixed. Dak Prescott is a solid quarterback. You can win with, this, with a Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, on a good year, is a top 10 quarterback. On a good year, you probably rank him 9th or 10th. Now, on a, you know, normal year for Dak Prescott, he's a top 15 QB, but you can make it to a Super Bowl with a top 15 QB. San Francisco went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They were a misthrow away from winning it. So, people have this narrative that you got to have an elite quarterback to win. Everybody can't have an elite quarterback. That's just how it goes. I don't think Dak Prescott was overpaid. I think that Dak Prescott got paid the right contract for the current state of the quarterback market. He's not making Mahomes-like money. He's not going to be making Joe Burrow kind of money. Those are the elite quarterbacks. And elite quarterbacks, they don't grow on trees. Now, you can make the argument for trading Dak Prescott and say, well, JT, this is America's team. We should have the best of the best. We shouldn't be okay with good. We need great. And if you want to use that argument for why you should trade Dak Prescott, okay. But my question is, who are you going to replace him with? Where are you going to find the cap space to replace Dak Prescott? Are you going to go after Lamar? Are you going to have the money to pay Lamar? Are you going to have the money to go after a top-level quarterback? Are you going to be able to draft a top-level quarterback? Like, who are you going to replace Dak Prescott with that's out there that could potentially be an upgrade? You see the problem? Who up there? Who out there right now is an upgrade from Dak Prescott? You may say Aaron Rodgers, but he isn't officially on the trade block. You damn sure ain't going to say Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. Your only option is going to be Lamar. If he if he's up for trade, then Baltimore and him can't come to terms on a new contract. So who out there right now could Dallas realistically get that would be an upgrade from Dak Prescott? So right now, if you're Dallas... Even if you wanted to move on from Dak Prescott, there's no better options out there right now that you have the compensation to give up in exchange for an Aaron Rodgers. You could get a Derek Carr, but that's a lateral move. You're not getting better going from Dak Prescott to Derek Carr or Dak Prescott to Jimmy Garoppolo. So if Dak Prescott ends up getting traded, who would be his replacement? Exactly. There's nobody out there who would be a perfect upgrade over Dak Prescott. I promise you, it's a lot harder to find a Dak Prescott than it is to find a Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, I understand why people compare them because you have the same narratives about them in big games. But the thing with Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins is that Dak Prescott actually will push the football down the field. And Dak Prescott, I think, is probably a little bit better late in games than Kirk Cousins in certain instances. 
Dak Prescott, he isn't completely awash in big primetime games. The dude has won a couple of big games throughout his career. Kirk Cousins, not too many. I think Dallas can win with Dak Prescott. Yes, the turnovers this year really frustrate you. And it frustrates you with how he played against the 49ers. He got outplayed by Brock Purdy. But it's not like Brock Purdy had a fantastic game neither. So for Dak Prescott, I think that he'll bounce back next season. He was coming back from that injury. I'm not trying to make excuses for Dak Prescott. I'm just saying that realistically, who are you going to replace Dak Prescott with? Who is out there in free agency or who's out there for a trade who Dallas could realistically get? And say they're an upgrade from Dak. Other than Aaron Rodgers and Lamar, you don't got too many options. Brock Purdy. You know, everybody keeps making it out like Brock Purdy is just an average quarterback. And he's benefiting from Kyle Shanahan and having a great team around him. Adebo Samuel, George Kittle, CMC, and a fantastic defense. But I think Brock Purdy is... Way better than what a lot of people in the media are giving him credit for. People are just viewing Brock Purdy as a great story. Every week, they keep telling you this isn't going to last. They've been saying it for the last couple weeks now. The last couple months, we've been hearing, oh, this Brock Purdy thing is going to end up derailing eventually. And it still hasn't. He still hasn't lost as a starting quarterback for the 49ers. And you want to know what's messed up? This is what's messed up. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl or he leads the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl win, people are still not going to give him the credit he deserves. They're going to say, well, Brock Purdy just proves that you can win with an average quarterback. You don't need a great quarterback to win as long as you have a great team around them. And people aren't going to give Brock Purdy that credit. People are just going to make it seem like he's just an average quarterback and he has no great traits that he brings to the table that elevates the 49ers offense. His mobility, the fact that he is a elite distributor of the football. This guy has some game. I watched a lot of Brock Purdy games when he was at Iowa State because I'm a big fan of Big 12 football. So if you go back and you watch my quarterback rankings for last year, I think I had Brock Purdy as like my ninth or 10th best quarterback coming out. And I said that one thing that he did incredibly well was that he was accurate inside of the numbers. And on top of that, he has... Better athleticism than what a lot of people gave him credit for. He does have the tendency to be streaky at times. If he starts the game out slow, he could potentially be in for a rough game. But if he starts the game out hot, he could be in for a good performance. That was my analysis on Brock Purdy when he was coming out of Iowa State. And that kind of has translated well with how he's been so far with the 49ers. Sometimes he can have moments during the game where he's just off. We saw that the first quarter against Seattle. Even against Dallas, it took him a while to get going. But Brock Purdy, he has the potential to be a really good quarterback. You see, you don't go from 
Mr. Relevant to leading a team to the NFC Conference Championship, all because you have a great team around you. There has been plenty of quarterbacks, backups, who've had great situations and sucked, okay? I watched Mike Tomlin still find a way to keep the Steelers in playoff contention a couple of years ago when Big Ben got his elbow injured. He was still finding ways to win games with Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Brock Purdy is better than any of those guys. Brock Purdy, regardless how you guys feel about him, right now, he's better than a handful of quarterbacks in the league right now. Not to mention, he's better than Trey Lance, the guy who the 49ers traded up so much to get. And yet, people still trying to make excuses for why Trey Lance should get an opportunity. People are making excuses for Trey Lance. You shouldn't be making no excuses for Trey Lance because there's no excuse... For Trey Lance, that you couldn't make for Brock Purdy. All the odds were stacked against Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, to be in this situation, do you know what he had to endure? Did you know the kind of work that he had to put in to get to this situation? So for all you guys who want to make excuses for Trey Lance, remember that Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. Remember that Brock Purdy went into training camp, the fourth string quarterback. Remember that Brock Purdy had to go into that game against the Miami Dolphins, having no chemistry, having no practice time with the first team offense. Remember that. Remember that Trey Lance, the whole entire offseason, was practicing with the first team and everybody had cast out Jimmy Garoppolo because Many people in the 49ers thought that Trey Lance was the guy. And it's funny that we still don't know what Trey Lance is and what the 49ers have in Trey Lance in the few games that he's played. But yet we've had a pretty good sample size from Brock Purdy. And yet people still question, is he just a great story? It's the same stuff with Stetson Bennett at Georgia. Stetson Bennett went through the same stuff. During his time in Georgia, people didn't even want him starting because they felt JT Daniels was the better quarterback. And when Georgia won that first national championship, you know what people said? Oh, Stetson Bennett, he did, he did good, but he benefited from having a great team around him. And people still knocked Stetson Bennett for that, even after repeating and going back to back. So even if... Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to a Super Bowl win. People are still never going to give Brock Purdy his flowers. And it's really sad that people lock on to where somebody was drafted. And where somebody was drafted is where people set the bar for you. If you're a seven-round pick, people would never expect you to be more than an average quarterback. Even if you overplay those expectations. Brock Purdy has been more than just a game manager this year. The dude also has pretty good arm talent. People confuse arm strength with arm talent. They're not the same. Arm strength is how far you can throw the football with how much velocity you can put on it. Arm talent is how can you throw the football from different angles, from different parts of the field? Can you torque your arm when you throw the football? Can you change your arm angles? That's arm talent. Brock Purdy has pretty good arm talent, not to mention he has really high football IQ. And what really blows me 
it's the whole narrative that people like to use Oh, this offseason, defensive coordinators are going to be watching film. They're going to figure him out. That's one of the dumbest, oldest BS narratives when it comes to why a quarterback will end up regressing. Go, why a quarterback will end up coming back down to earth. So what if other defensive coordinators are watching film and studying Brock Purdy? So you think that Brock Purdy isn't studying film? You think that Brock Purdy's just going to stay stagnant? You think that Brock Purdy can improve and he can't get better? So these defensive coordinators are the only people who watch film? They're the only people who improve? I really don't understand why people continue to not give Brock Purdy his respects. Yes, I said that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to beat the 49ers this week because they were going up against Brock Purdy. He is a rookie quarterback, but I don't say that as a knock on me not believing in Brock Purdy. I don't say that to say Brock Purdy isn't good. I just say that because he's a rookie going against the Philadelphia freaking Eagles. They're talented on almost every position, offense and defense. They're stacked. They're loaded. They have great depth. They have 70 sacks on the year. That's 15 more than any other team from this season. They have one of the best pass rushes in the history of the league. So, of course, I'm going to pick Philadelphia over Brock Purdy. I like the odds of that defense versus a rookie quarterback. Philadelphia has the number one pass defense. That doesn't mean that Brock Purdy can't be the franchise guy for the 49ers. As a matter of fact, it's just going to be a game where I just look at it and say, you know what, it was it. I expected that to happen. But, you know, a lot of people in the media if the Philadelphia Eagles beat the 49ers, they're going to use that to say, oh, well, Brock Purdy, he was what we initially thought he was. Like, no, no. And it's going to be so unfair because even if the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl and they lose, they're going to say, yeah, they lost that Super Bowl because they had Brock Purdy. He isn't the guy. You get what I'm saying? Like, Brock Purdy would never win in this situation unless he goes out and he wins three, four Super Bowls and he wins a couple of MVP awards. It really blows me how people don't want to give Brock Purdy the proper respects. People lock on to these where people were drafted at. Like, bruh, Trey Lance, give it up. Trey Lance isn't better than Brock Purdy, people. That doesn't mean Trey Lance can never be a good quarterback, but it's pretty obvious who the best quarterback is right now. Stop making excuses for guys just because where they were drafted. I'm glad a lot of you guys aren't head coaches because if y'all were head coaches y'all wouldn't last a damn day you would lose the locker room as soon as you step in it you want to know why because a lot of you guys politic you guys in situations like this instead of starting the better quarterback like Brock Purdy you would just start the guy who you drafted higher because he has more potential and that's how you lose the locker room when you politic players hate that shit They hate when people start somebody based off where they were drafted or how much money they're making instead of starting the guy who's the better player. That's how you lose a locker room. When it comes to Brock Purdy, he's more than just a great story. This dude is good. He has some game. There's nothing that you can tell me Jimmy G can do that Brock Purdy can't. But I can tell you a lot of things that Brock, Curdy, that Brock Purdy can do that Jimmy G can't, such as extend plays, be willing to pick up yards with his legs, 
He makes this offense better. I said it a couple of months ago, and I'm still going to say it again. Brock Purdy makes the 49ers offense better. Kyle Shanahan has a lot of confidence when he calls plays with Brock Purdy. Yeah, he had to tone it down a little. You're playing the Dallas freaking Cowboys. You still have to understand that you have a rookie quarterback and you want to minimize putting him in situations where he can turn the football over. So for Kyle Shanahan, yes, he deserves a lot of credit for Brock Purdy's success. Yes, Brock Purdy having a great situation around him. Definitely, he's benefited from that. But let's stop acting like this dude doesn't have any game. This isn't a scrub. And I promise y'all, Brock Purdy is going to prove that he can be the franchise guy for San Francisco moving forward. You don't just go from Mr. Irrelevant to this without having something different about you. This isn't normal. You can see the normal backup quarterbacks, a Garden Minshew, or a Cooper Rush, those guys show you why they're backups or why they're only just viewed as bridge stop quarterbacks or why they're just viewed as bottom tier starters. Brock Purdy hasn't showed you anything that indicates he's one of those guys. The dude rises to the occasion. The dude gets it done. We said that he couldn't get it done against Dallas and he got it done. We questioned his ability to be able to lead San Francisco to a win against that defense. And he got it done. And if he gets it done against Philadelphia, then what are you going to say? You're still going to use the narrative all, well, if he loses the Super Bowl, it's going to be because he just wasn't good enough. No, no. There's never been a rookie QB to win a Super Bowl. If Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to a Super Bowl win, he would have made history. I can't recall if there has ever been a rookie quarterback to lead his team to a Super Bowl. But if he does that, and you're still downing Brock Purdy, and you're still just saying that he's going to crash back down to reality, then you're just kind of hating, or you're just a little bit naive, or you're a novice. It doesn't take you long to figure out if a guy can play or can't play. How many of you guys ever played middle school football or high school football so you guys know that if you went to a big school that had a lot of kids you had to have tryouts and you had to have roster cuts because you could only give out so many jerseys on JV and varsity that everybody couldn't make the team so during tryouts when everybody's going through drills it doesn't take you long to figure out the guys who can play and the guys who can't play even without pads And with the San Francisco 49ers, it shouldn't really be taking a lot of you guys to realize that, hey, Brock Purdy, he can play. They still haven't lost the game with him as a starting quarterback. And we're acting like they just played bum teams. He led them to a win in the playoffs. And if he leads them to the Super Bowl, that means he will have more playoff wins than Lamar Jackson and a handful of other quarterbacks who we perceive to be better than Brock Purdy. Hell, at least give the guy the benefit of the doubt and say he's a top 12 quarterback or a top top 13 quarterback. Heck, let's be honest. How many of you guys right now raise your hand if you would take Brock Purdy over Kirk Cousins? Raise your hand if you would take Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott. And I'm not, I'm basing this 
based on what you've seen from Brock Purdy. Don't give me futuristic wise. I'm talking about right now, based off the last games that you've seen from Brock Purdy versus the last games that you've seen from Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, who would you take based on that? I would be taking Brock Purdy. This dude is more than just a great story. This is the kind of player that with this mindset and this mentality, he goes from Mr. Irrelevant to a really good player. He had no practice time at all with this first string offense when he entered the game against Miami. And he came out there and he was in full control. He was composed. It never really looks like Brock Purdy gets rattled. It's just something really different about Brock Purdy. And, you know, I'm not somebody who really comes on here and really makes strong, bold claims like this. But I really feel like there's something different about Brock Purdy. And I don't think enough people are really realizing it because you're just so stuck on the fact that he was the last pick of the draft and he was Mr. Irrelevant that it kind of blinds you from seeing how talented this guy is. Yes, there are really good quarterbacks who can be super talented who end up Going undrafted, Kurt Warner, Tony Romo. You don't need to be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes to be a great quarterback. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, like, I love those players. But they have kind of hurt the perception on how people perceive quarterbacks. Now, people think that if you don't have a crazy arm like a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, or you don't have elite athleticism like Lamar Jackson, people think you're a scrub quarterback and you can't win, and that's not true. Every quarterback is not built the same. Yes, to be a successful quarterback, you have to have common intangibles and common traits, but at the same time, every quarterback has different skill sets that can allow them to be successful in certain situations. If Lamar Jackson... Didn't go to Baltimore. He ended up with the Cleveland Browns. Did you guys think he would have been the same quarterback he is today? If he would have went to a dysfunctional franchise like the New York Jets, did you guys think he would have ever been as good now as what he would have been on the Jets? It's a lot of different factors that go into determining the success of a quarterback. But a good quarterback isn't just a guy who has a lead arm. Sometimes it's a guy who just has a lead understanding of the game. Joe Burrow said it perfectly. He said, I may not be talented at one thing or the most talented at one thing, but I'm damn sure going to be top three out of everything else. I'd rather have a quarterback that's solid in everything than just good in certain areas. Brock Purdy is a solid quarterback, and people think just because he's not a Justin Herbert or anything like that, He's not a good quarterback. There are other things that make you a good quarterback than just elite physical intangibles. Okay, you can be a good quarterback from being an elite distributor of the football, which is what Brock Purdy is. You can be an elite quarterback because you get the ball out fast and you know how to diagnose and dissect defenses fast at an elite level. You can be an elite quarterback because you have good elusiveness. You know how to extend plays. You know how to break out the sacks. You know how to be wiggly. People think just because Brock Purdy was the last pick of the draft, he's just capped at this certain point. No, there's no cap on anybody. That whole potential bull crap, I never really understood it. You get what I'm saying? Yes, somebody may have elite traits 
or elite physical qualities about them that may help elevate them to being a top five quarterback. But there has been plenty of top five, top 10 quarterbacks who weren't the most physically gifted. And the best quarterbacks in this game sometimes are the ones who lack in those Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or Mahomes-like qualities. Drew Brees didn't have the strongest arm, but he had a lead understanding of the game, and he probably is the most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL. Brock Purdy, give this man his roses. Regardless of what happens, if they lose to Philadelphia or if they win the Super Bowl or whatnot, Brock Purdy deserves a little bit more credit. This guy is good. The 49ers have something in Brock Purdy. I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you rate us five stars. We're available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the JT Sports Podcast. Leave us with a five-star review. Share the podcast with your friends, family members, and acquaintances. Leave a like, subscribe to the channel. We upload NFL and college football content daily. And I will see you guys shortly with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast.